Next on BYU Sports Nation, game number three for BYU and game number three as an underdog. UCLA by 17-plus? Fox Sports' Stuart Mandel will join us live on why the line is so big and why he has Tanner Rangham atop his Heisman list. Plus, BYU-Utah to open the college football season in the future, elite or not. And game day for eighth-ranked BYU women's soccer. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Station back to work live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of all things BYU and BYU fans everywhere, wherever and however you're dialed in. Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Herbal Essentials stunt double, Jerem Jordan. Yeah, I can see where you got that. See the connection there? I do. I'm a I'm a you know two in one kind of guy. Not the you know rinse wash wash rinse conditioner. Condition. Yeah, I just want to do it one time and go. That's my thing. Does it take you a long time to do your hair in the morning? Uh, it takes a because lot more time longer? than when it was shaved. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that was, was amazing. The benefit of having that a was amazing. Head, yeah. Right? I'm just I'm just happy to have hair. You know. It's like when you when you buy a scooter or a motorcycle or a certain kind of car, all of a sudden you notice those people more, and you're like, oh yeah, scooter nation, uh, motorcycle nation, you know, minivan nation, Dodge truck net, whatever, you know. When I had a shaved head, it was like, oh, there are a lot of people that have shaved head. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, hey, we're we're tight like that. It was interesting. Listen, BYU Sports Nation just went over twelve thousand followers on Twitter. Sweet, and I am guessing that quite a few of those have weighed in on, on your oh. hair one way or another. Through the shaved incident, yeah. through the length now. Yeah. But th- that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to just mess with my hair so that we can get Twitter followers. It's all, that's the, that's it's the, all for that's the Twitter the followers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> get as many as possible no matter what. Yeah. Uh, in all seriousness, say rise and shout to all of you for becoming members of BYU Sports Nation on the Twitter machine, watching the show downloading the podcast, streaming it on your computers. And if you're not following us, go for it, at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter. Here are your BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU and Utah football will open the 2019 and 2020 seasons against each other. Victory! Contract signed. That means the two will meet at least five years in a row between 2016, starting next year through the year 2020. I can't tell you how happy I am right now. More on that matchup coming up in a bit. Eighth-ranked women's soccer plays Oregon State tonight at 9 Eastern on BYU TV with Spencer Linton on the call. We'll talk to Nadia, Nadia Gomes in 40, uh, at about 40 after the hour. Daniel Sorensen and the Kansas City Chiefs take on the Denver Broncos tonight, 8.30 Eastern on CBS and NFL Network Thursday night football. Will Danny pick off Peyton Manning tonight? USA Volleyball improved to 7-0 after beating Iran in four sets in the World Cup in Japan this morning. Taylor Sander had 12 kills and an ace. The U.S. plays Poland Monday. Keep winning and rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Underdog. I don't really think that BYU is going to beat UCLA on Saturday. I think UCLA is a really, really good football team. And I think I overheard the line when I was driving to the airport on Monday. And it's like 18 or 17, yeah, whatever 17. it is. I think that's a little high considering the teams that BYU has defeated so far. Paul Meyerberg, college football writer for USA Today, joined us yesterday. 
says he does not expect BYU to win, but the line is too big. Let's set it up. BYU-UCLA, game number three in the 2015 season for both teams. As I said earlier, the third game BYU will enter as an underdog. Thus far, picking against the Cougars, Jerem, has not been a good thing. And this weekend, the 10th-ranked UCLA Bruins expected to quiet the non-P5 darlings of major college football. Which is our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU is a 16.5-point underdog at UCLA. That's a complete miscalculation of what happened. Well, we'll see. Robert and I. 16.5 points? That is a huge number. In fact, the Utah-Fresno state line is 14, just saying. (laughs) What? I thought BYU was ranked 19th. You call it what you want. You call BYU what you want. Underdog, sleeper, dark horse, long shot. Brigham. They're still the 19th ranked team in the country. 2-0 with a road win against Nebraska, a team that's expected to contend for the Big Ten West, and a home win against a ranked team, Boise State. So looking at this weekend's matchup, with that backdrop, why 16 and a half? Better yet, how do you feel about it, BYU Sports Nation? That brings us to today's Twitter question. What's your reaction to BYU being a 16.5-point underdog to UCLA? Use the hashtag BYUSN at CPA underscore Coog. Those spreads keep growing, and yet so does Jerem's hair. Just saying. Hashtag Brigham Flow. This so, is so the evidence so of what, you, what happens. Wait, so it's my fault? I'm no. confused by that. But your hair continues to grow because BYU continues to beat the odds. Yeah, and more importantly, wins. Our good buddy Mike Bellotti. ESPN analyst, former Oregon Ducks head football coach, pinned BYU's wins on luck. My response? A measure of luck? Absolutely. Absolutely BYU has enjoyed some luck. Yeah, you'd be naive to think otherwise. But the fact that BYU was even in position to win both of their first two games without Taysom Hill, without Jamal Williams, without Travis Tuiloma, and Kai Nakua in game one. BYU could be a competitive 0-2 and not relevant, right? You lose, you're not relevant. But that's just how it works. But BYU made plays to win those games. Were they lucky? Yeah! A Hail Mary is lucky! 4% chance of completing that, thanks to Cougar stats for that one. Uh, the play to Mitch Jurgens. There's a lot of luck there. But credit BYU for making those plays, uh, putting themselves in a position to, to become lucky. Okay, so I presented the argument for BYU. Why they should not be a 16.5-point underdog. Because of what they've done and how they've done it. And they've been competitive despite injuries and missing key players. So what are the reasons working against BYU right now? Uh, No Taysom Hill, for one thing. If Taysom Hill's quarterback for BYU, it's not 16.5, the line, I tell you that. So you throw in a true freshman who did pretty well in his first game, throws for 300-plus, BYU wins the game against a ranked team. Pretty good, right? But he's still a true freshman. And he's not had the hype that Josh Rosen has for UCLA, okay? It's on the road. I think that Virginia's performance uh, against Notre Dame helped UCLA's cause. It made Virginia look better, and subsequently UCLA, who played Virginia in the opener, okay? And then you look at BYU not having much of a run game. UCLA is going to be a more stout defense than Boise State, we think. All of those and other things factor into 16 and a half. Okay, on the road, I would give UCLA three. If Taysom Hill's in the game, I would give BYU four or five. So at that point, I would say what? It would be like eight, seven and a half or something if Taysom Hill was in the game. You know, so I, I get why it's 16 and a half, but that's just a huge number. 
And and BYU fans think generally speaking in way in on this. Use hashtag BYU son. That number's way too big. BYU's going to be within 17 points in this game. Yet nationally, the line is 16 and a half. So that means people think UCLA is going to blow BYU out. Is it more about UCLA and what they've done in the first two weeks, or is it more about BYU and people thinking that oh they're they they're just lucky the fairy tale ends now like they haven't. They can't, you can't say BYU hasn't played anybody. That's why I'm confused. Yeah, you see, the, the quality of opponent alone, the quality of opponent alone for me is like, wow, 16 and a half? And well, national perception, Mike Bellotti, uh, a lucky 2-0 is different than a regular 2-0, right? You still won, though. There's a difference between what the pollsters think and what the people think, obviously. Because BYU's ranked 19th but a 16.5-point underdog. And UCLA is considered a playoff dark horse right now. All these returning starters, all these fantastic players, Miles Jack and all these guys, they're good, right? Paul Perkins, the Pac-12 leading rusher, is back. It's not like Josh Rosen just throwing the ball. He's got the best running back in the Pac-12 to hand off to, and he's been pretty good the last two weeks. So people think, oh, UCLA is really good. There's a difference, I guess, between number 19 and number 10. That's wider than we think. What do you think, BYU Sports Nation? Our conversation is happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag and join BYU Sports Nation. What is your reaction to BYU being a 16.5-point underdog to UCLA? We have presented cases for BYU, and Jerem just went through the reasons working against BYU. Tell us what you think. Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At Justin underscore Hicken, I'm sure it was luck, too, when BYU beat Bilotti's Ducks 38-8. to BYU was a 10-2 and team. Oregon was a 7-5 uh, team at the time. BYU was ranked, was supposed to win that game. The last time BYU played UCLA, 59 to nothing win for BYU and Provo. The Cougars were ranked 18th. UCLA 25th. Ha- had been ranked, and then there was a bye, and then I think they dropped out. Mm. Um, and so BYU was supposed to win that game, too. Um, it's not like BYU is the better team in this. UCLA is the better team. But when you play a game, you decide who the better team actually is. So that's why I'm, that's why I'm interested to see what happens here. For BYU to have a special season, they, do, they don't have to win this game per se. There's still a lot of games on the schedule. There's still a lot of time. But it would be an unbelievable win, and it would make anything they want to do possible if they got this victory, they're going to have to play a heck of a game. The run game is going to have to show up. Defense is going to have to force turnovers, maybe even a touchdown. Special teams have to going to be good. Everything's got to click uh, to some degree for BYU. The elite guys got to step up. Mitch Matthews can't have 32 yards receiving. He's got to have 70 plus and a touchdown. You know what I mean? I'm Nick Kurtz has to have a catch. BYU getting pressure on Josh Rosen will change the entire dynamic of this game because he becomes just a freshman running for his life if BYU can get pressure on him. And, and maybe even before that, BYU's got to stop the run with Paul Perkins. BYU's it might rush be too defense, hard to even get to the quarterback. The he can't stop the run. I think BYU's run defense will be what it needs to be. They played well against Nebraska. They played well against Boise State. They're a top 25 run defense in the country right now. The they, pass is yeah. where the major concerns have happened. Well, Paul Perkins is another level. That's what I'm getting at. Like the, the, run, the run defense will be challenged at a level it hasn't been challenged in a while. Paul Perkins is the best running back you've never heard of. 1,500 yards last year. At Dan Credits, answering what is his reaction to BYU being a 16.5-point underdog to UCLA, says, 
it'll be three weeks in a row that BYU will show you why you should not gamble. Yeah, BYU's won the games they were under, underdogs in the last two weeks. Seven-point underdog to Nebraska, three-point underdog to Boise State. And it's, it's the challenge BYU's under. BYU won't be uh, a bigger underdog the rest of the season in a game, in my opinion, than this game. Send in your responses at Dave Huck. All it does is give Tanner Mangum motivation to prove them wrong. The locker room material thing is a real motivation technique. Again, the, I, then it's a I positive, totally right? use this. Yeah. If I'm a BYU coach right now, I am shoving this in every player's face and saying, they don't think you belong on the same field. And right now, <laughs> when you look at that line, gee, yeah, that's would the you case. take it personally? I would take it personally. Yeah, as yeah, I yeah, absolutely. I think BYU fans are annoyed at at that uh, particular number, right? Hashtag BYUSN. Send in your tweets. What do you think about the sixteen and a half point spread for UCLA against BYU? Utah Fresno State fourteen. I mean, that alone is like really that game's going to be closer than BYU UCLA two top twenty teams. And the point is not whether how much of a dog you are. The point is to win the game, right? That's the point. Who cares about the point spread when all is said and done? Up next, BYU-Utah to open the season in the future. Are you on board or not? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Our conversation happening right this second on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. 12,000 plus strong right now. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Tonight on BYU TV at 9 Eastern time, the 8th-ranked women's soccer team plays Oregon State. Check it out tonight, 9 Eastern on BYU TV. What is your reaction to BYU being a 16.5-point underdog to UCLA at Russ Melrose tweets in this? I could care less. Point spreads never determine the winner in football games. Players do. That's true. It's just a perception thing of where BYU fits uh, in connection with UCLA. That's all it is before the game. It's time to put on your elite cap, Jerome. Is it elite or not on BYU Sports Nation? The intellectuals yes. are back to work here <laughs> in the Studio B. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is how it works. We throw out a topic. Jerome and I will decide whether we think it is elite or not. The music just makes it so much better. Number one. Elite or not, BYU versus Utah as the season opener. I say elite. Uh, if it can't be the last game of the season, might as well be the opening game. We're going to talk all offseason about this game going into 2019 and 20, if you missed it, BYU and Utah. Uh, it's going to be a national game that gets talked about because it's a rivalry game in game one. It's not Colorado, Colorado State. It's better than that. I love it. It's the second best spot. I'll take it. It's, it's better than... Week two or three or week set week one, let's do it. Red, blue to open the season. That alone makes it elite. There is a non-elite part to this though. Eight months of That's the jockey, elite part. No, of yeah. jockeying ribbing. Woo. By the time the game finally gets here, would you rather talk about everybody Nebraska will be or Utah? worn out? 
I'll be worn out no matter what. It's the summer, dude. One I week, hate the like summer because we don't have week, football. Everyone's like, oh, get this game week over with. <laughs> There's so much vitriol crammed into that week. Now it's going to be for eight months. Let's so, just hope BYU wins in 2018 the, the season. Then, then it'll be fun. Seriously. <laughs> the last game of 2018 is BYU-Utah. BYU Utah. And then the first game of 2019, BYU-Utah. How about BYU just plays Utah twice a year? <laughs> That's essentially what's happening. That'd be great. Two games in like a nine-month span or eight-month span. Crazy. Awesome. Number two. Elite or not, Mitch Jurgens leading BYU in receiving yards. Well, mm. ain't that a thing? Because Mitchell Jurgens leads the team in receiving yards with 202 and two touchdowns tied with Mitch Matthews. I'll, I, I like, is it elite on the team right now? Is it? Sure, yeah, he's number one in receiving yards. He made a big catch. That's all great. Uh, the elite conversation generally revolves around against the nation. I would say Mitch Jurgens is not an elite receiver nationally, but he's making tremendous plays for BYU to win, so sure. Mitchell Jurgens is a big play receiver, so I'm not surprised that through two games he's been a guy that has been able to do this because he scored four long touchdowns last year, and he has a couple of big-time plays this year. It's not lucky anymore. This is a skill thing. So I don't think that... I'm not surprised. 202 yards, two touchdowns. His performance against Boise State through two games. If we are looking just at through the two games right now, yes, Mitchell Jurgens' performance has been elite. How many receivers? Ten guy. How many receivers in Division One college football have over 200 yards receiving through two games and two touchdowns? It's got to be a handful. Not many. It's a good question. And when you ask questions, I generally try and look it up. Jerem is on spot right now. Okay, there are only 20, uh, 21 receivers in college football. With over 200 yards. And how many of those guys have two touchdowns or more? Not all of them. Uh, looks like 15 there you go. of them. So, so he's one of 15 receivers in college football with 200 yards receiving and two touchdowns. Elite? That's elite. Yes. Number three. Elite or not, Devon Blackman leading BYU in receptions. Mm. Devon Blackman has 11 catches to lead BYU. Not all catches are created equal. Okay, so... So Blackman had the seven yarder, which was awesome. The the catch that he made that wasn't because of pass interference. He should have twelve catches. That was elite. Okay, he should have twelve catches and a touchdown. Um, I think his performance has been good. It's I don't want to say elite. Yes, on everything in this. So I'll say I'll say no for him. For him though, what did he have? Ten catches all year last year, and now he has eleven. No, I'm gonna flop. The, to have more catches through two games than you had all of last year, that's an elite performance so far. Devon Blackman is establishing himself as one of the go-to receivers in BYU's best position group. It's too early for me to say that 11 catches is elite. Mitchell Jurgens, we can say that because he, had a, he made huge plays. Yards mean more than straight-up catches, right? Touchdown catches. And, and, yeah, big catches. 84 and 35. Woo. One to win a game. Explosive. Yes. So Devon Blackman is very quickly making himself an elite part of this offense. But 11 catches for two weeks is not enough for me to say, yeah, it's elite right now. The BYU Rock uh, pointed this out on Twitter yesterday. This is fantastic. They said, we love Devon Blackman because he's the first to like his own Instagram posts. And they showed his Instagram, multiple Instagram posts. And he was the first to like <laughs> his own photo. When you lead the team in catches, you can do this kind of stuff. I love Devon. And you can't like your own photo? Listen, he, he is going to have more explosive <laughs> moments. Do you he, like your own photos? No. You can't? Uh, come on. 
I don't do that. You know what, though? Devon Blackman's on another level of swag than we are. Mm-hmm. That's true. Also true. Does Jamal Williams like his own photos? He, I would not he, be shocked. He's he a does. guy that could get away with that, too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Number four. We've saved the best for last. Based on the last two, elite or not, Mitch Matthews. Okay. The question with this always is against the nation. Is he an elite receiver nationally? Not yet. Okay. The, his performance against Nebraska was notable. That catch, that Hail Mary, possi- quite possibly the most elite play that he could, he could make. Okay? Amazing. He put but, himself but in na- BYU history, folklore, forever. Mitch yeah. Matthews will be there forever. Yeah. So was Chris Hale for his catch against Washington no, to beat them or something. Compar- you know Are you kidding I mean? me? You're comparing Chris Hale's catch no. to Mitch Matthews no, I'm not. to beat Nebraska? No. You one, just did. One catch does not elite make a receiver elite, okay? Clay Brown had to do more to be remembered than just that Hail Mary as an elite receiver or not. Mitch Matthews had five catches for 32 against Boise State. He needs to, he needs to have elite performances the next two weeks to be considered elite. No one's talking about Mitch Matthews nationally as a receiver. The play, yes. As a receiver, not yet. He's good. I'm glad he's on BYU's team. He needs to do more. How do you know nobody's talking about Mitch Matthews? Why is, he's not, I guarantee he's not up UCLA in is game planning for BYU's 6'6 receiver. Of course he is because they're looking at who are the best players on the other team. They're not looking at is he elite, is he elite. He's not in conversations nationally about best receivers in the country. Preseason magazines. Why was he not mentioned in the, all these lists everywhere? Because he's not elite, You're basing dude. it on preseason magazines? You're basing the elite conversation and on his preseason perfor- magazines? I've already stated his performance from this season. I'm okay, now what adding do you, what to do you want it to see from him? What magazine. do you want to see from him? He, oh, okay, he, he made the catch against Nebraska. He made the catch. That was to an elite BYU play. Is he win. all of a sudden elite nationally what because a, of that what single you, play? What do you want he from to, him? What do you want from him? A whole season of performance. So why are we even asking the question after two weeks then? Are you an elite actor if you had one great movie? You have to have a career of very Has good acting. Has he not done enough in the past? No, I had established that during the summer. You that said, he wasn't elite at that yeah, point. I think Mitch needs to make big plays in big games. That was your number one stance. Yeah, plays, not play. It's been two games and he's plays. made a big play. Plays the play a bunch of plays. In one of those two games. He's got to do it for a season, dude. You're just looking at did, Nebraska okay, like did, this. Did you see the catch? Okay, did Go I see the, the fr- catch? The first touchdown catch he had against Nebraska. Do you see the move he put on a very good Nebraska defensive back? I don't, I don't hand out season-long uh, accolades for individual plays. I gather a bunch of things, individual and then I hand that out. make up the season. You need to give me more than, like, two plays, dog, or even five. Give me 10 or 15 or t- 50. You want 50 plays? You want 50 plays? I that just said w- 10 or 15 elite. or 50. Listen. <laughs> Mitch, Mitch Matthews made a critical play on special teams for crying out loud against Boise State. He's multifaceted. He has I, great I'm, hands. I'm not going to celebrate um, a bunch of these plays for Mitch because I expect him to be very good. Okay. So okay. for him to be elite, it's he's got to go above and beyond the... Pretty good. You can't have five for 32 against a ranked team and be like, I'm elite, dog. That's one, you're, that's one game, Jerem. Yeah. You're basing that on one I'm game? I'm adding that to Nebraska. Five. No, what's you're looking not, at one per- game with Nebraska. What's his performance not good? You can't exactly. scream at me about exactly. Boise State. You are, you, your whole I'm looking at one both game. games plus his career. I'm looking at his whole career. Not elite oh yet. Oh, my goodness. He could become elite. He needs to do more. What do you want, though? That's the thing. I what want elite want? performances. You'll know it when you see it. Against UCLA, if the dude doesn't have a touchdown or has five catches for 32, that's not elite. In fact, BYU needs Mitch Matthews. And how about Nick Kurtz 
going over against Boise State. That dude's got to catch the rock in a bunch of times. Taron Houck, nothing. BYU needs these Did three guys. Did they even guys. throw the ball to Taron Houck, though? Is that, if I'm Taron Houck, I go, dude, throw me the rock, man. So is it Taron Taren Houck's if, fault if the ball doesn't get thrown in his direction? Yeah, sure. If I'm a receiver, I go, hey, target me. I'm going to catch. I was open. I was open. I'm open. Maybe I'm open. this opens up a bigger conversation. So is it Tanner Mangum's fault that Mitch no, Matthews it's... is or is not elite? Oh, my goodness. Mitch Matthews hasn't done anything to show me that he is not going to be an elite receiver. Wait, going to be or is? Is is the conversation, not going to be. Okay. I think right now Mitch Matthews is still the best receiver on BYU's team. That's not in question. Is it? Is he an elite receiver nationally? You already know the answer to what I think about that. That's the debating topic. We're not talking about is he the best receiver. He's To me, to me, he's battling with Nick Kurtz as best receiver on the team. Nick Kurtz had no catches against Nebraska. Mitch yeah. had five catches. Oh, sorry, no catches against Boise State. Mitch had five was, catches against Boise yeah, State. Yeah. Five. So do you think that Mitch Juergens is the best receiver on the team right now? Do I think that Mitchell Juergens is the best receiver on the team yeah. right now? No, I just told you. you I think still think Matthews Mitch Matthews still? is still the best, most polished receiver on BYU's team right now. Numbers yeah, through two games. It's hard to yeah. argue that. I think that Nick Kurtz, with more volume, could become that guy. He has two games under his belt. But it is right now. When, when Mitch Matthews played... You know, two significant games as a sophomore. We weren't talking about that guy. We're talking about Cody Hoffman. You know, let's give him, let's give Nick Kurtz some time. If Brian Logan were here, and he will be tomorrow, he would probably scream that. In fact, I'm interested to see his opinion on Nick Kurtz. We'd have, we've had two games, but is Mitch Matthews nationally an elite receiver right now? I, I need to see more. He's very good. I'm glad he's on BYU's team. He's a heck of a player. But he needs to do more to get nationally relevant as a receiver. The big conversation right now, here's the good thing. Whether whatever side you're on on Mitch Matthews, Mitchell Jurgens, Devon Blackman. By the way, Nick Mitch Kurtz, Matthews loves this. Think about <laughs> that core. BYU's receiving core has absolutely lived up to the hype and then some. And hopefully Saturday they can win BYU the game. The players making plays in that receiver group have exceeded expectations through two games. And they were set really high through fall camp. So that is saying something. By That's people the best like news for BYU. Yeah. Exceeding expectations. Up next on BYU Sports Station, Stuart Mandel of Fox Sports. Why does he have Tanner Mangum on top of his Heisman watch list? BYU Sports Station brought to you in part by the Cougar Club, supporting BYU's 623 student-athletes. Welcome to the club. BYU Sports Nation is currently running a contest where we want you to follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN and show us your game day game face. Send in the, your photos. Contest ends Saturday night. We'll answer. Uh, we'll, we'll tell you who the winner is next week on the show. It's our BYU Sports Nation swag and a uh, Lavelle Edwards signed football contest. Check it out on Twitter. Let's refresh today's BYUSN headlines. BYU-Utah football will play to open the 2019 and 2020 seasons. The contract is signed. That means the Utes and Cougars will meet for at least five years in a row between 2016 and 2020. Eighth-ranked women's soccer plays Oregon State tonight, 9 Eastern on BYU TV. We'll talk to Nadia Gomes coming up in about 10 or 15 minutes. Former BYU safety Daniel Sorensen had seven tackles in week one of the NFL. Week two has his Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Denver Broncos tonight, 830 Eastern on CBS and NFL Network. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is Stuart Mandel of Fox Sports. Stuart, nice to have you with us on BYU Sports Nation. Thanks for having me. 
Stuart, let's start with this. Is BYU more lucky <laughs> or good right now? Well, certainly there's some luck involved in those in those uh, last-second touchdown passes, but at the same time you could say they had really bad luck in losing Jamal Williams before the season and certainly in losing Taysom Hill. Um, once we saw Taysom Hill go down, you know, I, I would have assumed they would not be able to beat Nebraska on the road or Boise State, but Tanner Mangum has stepped in, and yeah, there were some maybe miraculous factors to those plays at the end, but just the fact that they were in position to make them uh, speaks well for BYU. 16.5-point line uh, for, for BYU to try and overcome right now. Is that line too big, or is that accurate in your opinion? Well, we all think UCLA is very good. Uh, they look like the best team in the Pac-12 right now. They look like a playoff contender, and I'm sure that that's why the number is so large. Um, it's a bit surprising given the quality of the teams that BYU's beaten already. Uh, I'm not surprised that they would be, you know, around a double-digit underdog. 16 does seem awfully high. What do you think of UCLA so far in their games against Virginia and UNLV? You said we all, we all think UCLA is very good. Are, are they a legitimate playoff contender? If so, why? Well, this is a team that Jim Moore has been building for three or four years. This is a team that's loaded at most uh, areas on the roster, and a big question mark coming in was the fact that they were going to rely on a true freshman quarterback, and Josh Raven came in, and in the first game pretty much answered those questions. And then to me, uh, not that you would expect them to struggle against UNLV in any way, but uh, the fact that they went in and beat them resoundingly without Josh Rosen playing a big role also speaks well for that team. So, look, it's only two games. Um, you try so hard not to overreact and not read too much into it. But compared to a year ago when they came out of the gate and actually struggled with Virginia and struggled with Texas and didn't look like the team that was getting all that hype, uh, this team looks like the real deal. What question marks after the first two games do you have about BYU? Well, we still don't really have a good answer for how they're uh, handling uh, the loss of Jamal Williams. Uh, they're not really very productive in the running game. They're pretty much relying on Tanner Rangham. And it doesn't mean they can't do it. It may be in part what defenses were making them do. But, you know, at this point, I don't know that we have any really good answers about that. And then statistically, the defense is not playing that great. But, uh, you know, they did enough to beat a couple of really good teams. So I guess running back would be my biggest question mark. Stuart Mandel of Fox Sports with us again on BYU Sports Nation. As you look at the rankings, BYU goes from two outside the top 25 in the AP poll to number 19. Where would you rank BYU right now with the close wins at Nebraska and home against Boise State? Well, I think that's about right. I was surprised they didn't crack the top 25 after the first week. Uh, I think voters in these polls don't. I mean, it's kind of uh, inconsistent. Sometimes they'll, you know, look at what happened and, and ignore the preseason rankings and reward a team uh, for a good start for quality wins, maybe that they weren't expecting. Sometimes they really just cling to these rankings. I mean, if you were going purely on what's happened since the start of the season, I don't think you would have Auburn in there. I don't think you have Arizona in there. Uh, I don't think you have Wisconsin in there. But those are teams that were pretty high in the rankings to begin with. Um, in terms of where BYU is now. You know, you could argue that they could be one or two spots higher, but look, they're a couple spots behind a Texas A&M team that I think should be much higher than that. Oklahoma should be much higher than that based on what we've seen from them so far. You produce a weekly Heisman Top 5. You have Tanner Mangum at number one on that list this week. 
uh, what were the reasons uh, for putting Tanner Mangum number one? Well, it's week two. We're having a little fun with it. <laughs> and uh, as I said to somebody yesterday, um, it's pretty simple. No other player in the country has been two game-winning touchdown passes. And um, when you think about highs and winners, it's over the years. And you think of um, Doug Flutie throwing a Hail Mary to beat uh, Miami or Desmond Howard defending the punt against Ohio State. Highs and winners always have highs and moments. And he's arguably had two of them in the first two games of his college career. Um, I think this week will basically will we'll mostly determine whether this becomes an actual legitimate thing and not some Fox Sports writers, some little uh, column in week two. Uh, if you were to knock off UCLA at the Rose Bowl, I think a lot of other people would start considering him in that uh, vein. And if it goes as the oddsmakers say it's going to go, I think that buzz would end pretty quickly. Stuart, BYU has quite the Twitter mob. You know it better than anybody. Anytime BYU gets mentioned, so you know that you made a bunch of friends when you put Tanner Mangum number one, right? <laughs> they uh, they hated me over the summer <laughs> during the realignment stuff, and, and when I was a little bit dismissive, and, and now they love me, I guess, again because of Tanner Mangum. <laughs> yeah, things are going well, so everyone's happy right now. Let's see how long it lasts. If, if BYU... Uh, Pulls off the upset and wins at UCLA and is 3-0 and has that win under the belt. What would that mean? Uh, it would mean they, they have probably the most impressive three-game opening uh, resume of anybody in the country. And we always knew this first month would be when BYU uh, determines or when they, they uh, you know, when they show the country exactly what they're made of because this is the toughest opening month of anybody in the country. Maybe it softens up a little bit after that when other teams are going into the part of their conference play. But, you know, this is not what a lot of teams out there are doing right now in opening with an FCS team or a Sunbelt team and whatnot. So if you beat UCLA on top of the wins they already have, I certainly think they then become um, talked about very seriously for, at the very least, any year six goals. And you are going to start hearing people talk about the playoffs. And whether that's realistic or not, I don't know. They've got a lot of tough games ahead of them. But... I think that's something that most people would have considered a pipe dream and may still consider a pipe dream. But if you go in the Rose Bowl and be a UCLA team that, like I said, uh, is being widely viewed as a playoff contender and a national title contender, that's a big eye-opener. We are talking with Stuart Mandel, college football insider of Fox Sports. Given that BYU did win the first two games of the season and everything that's happened with injuries and now Tanner Mingham being the quarterback, what is the win expectation for you for the Cougars in 2015? Well, I look at the schedule. I see uh, that game against Missouri looming later down the road. And frankly, I think the schedule is turning out to be a lot tougher than people realize in general. There are not a lot of gimmies on that schedule. Um, if they, I would put the win expectation around 9 or 10 wins right now. Um, I might reevaluate that if they do get blown out by UCLA. But, you know, they go in after that to play a Michigan team that is obviously a big name and has a huge name coach, but is still very much in rebuilding mode, and that's still a very winnable game. So even if they make, even if they lose to UCLA, to make it out of this tough stretch 3-1 and one, with Tanner Mangum stepping in at quarterback, to me, that's fantastic. Because uh, you could have easily looked at it before the season and said, I think you're going to go 1-3. So that would be a fantastic start to the season, and one that would signal to me uh, chances at a double-digit win season. Stuart, is it weird that Taysom Hill's not a story anymore? Just he's just BYU wins those games and all of a sudden poof, you know, no, very little conversation about Taysom. Yeah, I mean, it's sad with him with uh, 
like James Conner at Pittsburgh, Malik Zaire at Notre Dame, all these guys who, you know, we have the longest offseason in college football, eight months to talk about what's going to happen in the season. So guys like Jason Hill got so much coverage, and rightfully so, in the preseason. You know, a huge feature on him in USA Today. And then the injury happens, and they're just forgotten about. And that's, that's sad, but unfortunately, uh, the mentality in college football is next man up, next man up. And you know, Notre Dame's already turning the page. That was a devastating injury in the late fair last week. They're already turning the page and welcoming in the retro freshman. And in BYU's case, you know, I think it certainly contributed to it that Tanner Mangan not only stepped in, but threw a game on Hail Mary. Um, in the same game that Taysom Hill got hurt. So now the, the attention has completely shifted to him because he's a pretty remarkable story right now. Stuart Mandel of Fox Sports with us. Follow him on Twitter at SL Mandel. BYU and Utah just announced an extension to their series. They will open the 2019 and 2020 seasons against each other. When you look at that BYU-Utah rivalry, where does it stack up to some of the other major college football rivalries in the country from a national perspective? Uh, it's, I mean, if you know the rivalry, you know how much the fans are into it. I mean, it is absolutely one of the most intense rivalries in the country. I don't think it gets a lot of national attention because, um, you know, Alabama-Auburn is often for one of those teams is often in the national title race. It's not those, um, you know, OU Texas has not had that luster recently, but it has in the past. I would say Michigan has had that in the past. BYU-Utah, that game is not usually for those kind of states. I mean, really, the only ones that come to mind are when Utah uh, was playing for undefeated season in the BCS era. What would be great is if we did have, when they come back and they start playing each other, if they did have a game where uh, playoff implications were there for one or both teams, uh, that would certainly bring a lot more attention to that rivalry nationally. But believe me, you mentioned the BYU fans on Twitter, you know, from that, from radio fans that I do in Salt Lake, whatnot, I know very well how that's that rivalry is. Stuart Mandel of Fox Sports. Catch him on the Audible podcast. When and where can people listen to that podcast, Stuart? Yeah, the Audible is on iTunes, and uh, we encourage you to subscribe. Myself and Bruce Feldman, we do two a week. They usually go up on Tuesday and Thursday. FoxSports.com. Check it out, the Audible podcast. Great stuff, Stuart. We appreciate the time and the insight. And uh, for more than 12,000 Twitter followers on BYU Sports Nation, I think you are their friend right now. We hope that it stays that way. <laughs> I'm doing my best. In fact, I'll be at the game Saturday, so I'll be. Uh, they can follow me during the game for for updates from the from the stadium. Sounds good, Stuart. We'll look for you on the sideline. Hey, thank you, Stuart Mandel on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. At S L Mandel, he's a good follow. Check it out. And we've uh, you know ran out of time and didn't get to ask him if Mitch Matthews is an elite receiver. Ah, uh, yes, rats. I'll have to ask him rats. that on the sideline. At the Rose Bowl. Do it. <laughs> I'll be sure and share my answer, his answer I need, with I need all a of neutral you. party to ask him. <laughs> What's your reaction to BYU being a 16 and a half point underdog? Up next, it's BYU Women's Soccer Game Day with Nadia Gomes. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan live in Studio B. Friendly reminder, if you ever miss an episode of BYUSN Live, catch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. Women's soccer is live tonight, 9 Eastern time on BYU TV. The 8th-ranked Cougars play the Oregon State Beavers at Southfield. Should be a crazy awesome atmosphere. 9 Eastern tonight on BYU TV. Oregon State unbeaten 
Four wins, Until no tonight. losses, two ties, taking on the eighth-ranked BYU women's soccer team. A reminder, with the generous support of the Cougar Club, BYU's 623 student-athletes are role models, leaders, graduates, and champions. Be willing to help them succeed with your donation, and welcome to the club. One of those 623 joining us in Studio B, Nadia Gomes, sophomore forward, and a star at that. Welcome to Studio B, Nadia. Thank you. I noticed you still have your visitor badge on. You can take that oh. off if you want. We can just we <laughs> can just hang if you'd like. Yeah. So so you're you're one of the greatest uh, Portuguese women's soccer players in the history of BYU soccer. Uh, what is, what is it like to play on this team, being from Portugal? Um, you know, it's an amazing opportunity for me. Um, I think I don't know. It's just <laughs> um, I love it. And I I. Thank the coaches for like giving me this opportunity, and I know it's always been my dream to like play for a big team. So well, you play for the eighth ranked yeah. team in the country right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's, that's huge. Uh, pretty big right now. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to the the Portugal tie because Jeremy and I we we like international soccer, and it's hard not to talk about Cristiano Ronaldo oh, yeah. when you think about <laughs> Portugal. Is naturally is he your favorite soccer player? Yes. Do you have I to like him. him or you choose to like him because you're Portuguese? Um, I just choose to like him. I don't yeah. know. A lot of Portuguese people, I don't think they like him. I think they like Messi more. Really? Portuguese what? don't like Ronaldo yeah. as much as I mean, Messi? like, some people like Messi, but I don't think it's, like, that many people. Yeah. Vi- visually, though? But, <laughs> Ronaldo? Uh, yeah. right? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. These <laughs> well, Mitch? I <laughs> Toss around a little Portuguese with Nadia. Yeah. Nadia, you played with the under-19 national team for Portugal. What did you learn from that experience that is now helping you as a collegiate soccer player? Um, so there we play 4-3-3, too, so it's like close to what we play here. So, um, I don't know. It was before I came here, so I already had like an expectation of what it would be like and just a crowd and all that, which was pretty scary sometimes. Um but I don't know. It was just soccer is kind of different from here, so I just put it together. And yeah. How's uh, how's the soccer different? Um, in like European countries, more like it's more individual, like f- and footwork stuff. Then here it's more you play as a team and just yeah. Yeah, that's kind of boring. I think yeah. We no. just want individual greatness. That's what I want no. to say. I just want to see you go 1v1 on someone. <laughs> scissor kick, boom, upper V, goal. Right? Uh, yeah. Can we see I that mean, tonight? Oh, yeah. From you? Oh, yeah. We can. You mentioned crowds. You play in one of the most dynamic college soccer venues in the entire country. Over 5,000 for a couple of games this year. What's it like to play at Southfield? Um, I love the pressure. I don't know, just <laughs> myself, I love the pressure. But... I don't know, first couple games, last year especially, I was like, oh my goodness, this is huge. And I was kind of nervous sometimes, but now it's just, I like it. So. Do you ever speak Portuguese on the field for whatever reason? If you're frustrated, speaking out loud or anything? Uh, Obviously, you have to speak English <laughs> with your teammates. I don't know. Sometimes to myself, just because I can hear my mom sometimes in the stands. But <laughs> yelling at, in you Portuguese? Can hear your mom? Yelling at you? Sometimes. So yeah, I know I'm used to that. I guess so. among the five thousand, you can you can I pick know, out your mom's voice. Sometimes, yeah. Nadia, <laughs> Mama, Mama, exactly like Some, that. Something like that. Seriously, yeah, yeah. That is, that's unbelievable. <laughs> okay, you look at the slow start that BYU had last year. 
uh, through five games, tons of question marks, only scored three goals through five games. It has been a complete turnaround this year. What's been the biggest difference between last year and now the quick start this year? Um, so in our team meetings, sometimes we've been talking about like bringing energy and just have the energy while we, like when we start and stuff. And I think that's what like kept us up there and just focusing on like what we have to do during the games and stuff. What's the moment in the game, Nadia, where you think, man, this is really fun? What's that moment? Oh, when I'm about, when I'm going towards the, the opponent's goal and we're like attacking, counter attacking. I just love that. <laughs> so when I'm calling the game tonight, I, I just we need to we need to clear this. Okay. How would you prefer that I say your last name? Because I know that the, I guess the proper pronunciation is Gomsh, mm-hmm. but but the Americanized version is Gomes. So do you have a preference? Um, I prefer Gomsh, but I don't know. You say it correct, so you can say Gomsh. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. Listen, I just don't yeah. want to sound like. I'm trying to be super proper, and you know, um, I, I don't know. To every man, his uh, you know his choice on the pronunciation. Yeah, it's it's just for every player. Do you have to then say the native pronunciation, right? Um, that's the qu- yeah. yeah. That's the question. You can just <laughs> call her Nadia, like like one na- the <laughs> first true. name. I do yeah. do that like, sometimes. Yeah. yeah, just the one word. You know, I opt for that. Ronaldo, yeah, Nadia. <laughs> against Oregon State tonight, live on BYU TV at 9 Eastern. We want to give you some BYU Sports Nation karma. Have you heard about the BYU Sports Nation karma? You should ask Busy Phillips about this. She was on the show like last good week. Luck. Okay. okay. You remember what happened against Utah State with Busy, right? Yes. <laughs> amazing. It <laughs> <laughs> was amazing. So we are going to grant you the BYU Sports Nation karma, and you will go and have a good game. Okay. Thank it's, you. It's that simple. I don't know what it is in Portuguese. I'm trying to look Karma? it up. Karma? Oh, I don't either. <laughs> Karma. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the same thing? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, coisa? Yeah. yeah. Stop speaking Portuguese, Jim. <laughs> Vamos falar Portuguese. This is showing no? off, man. Yeah. <laughs> How is this Portuguese? Is it pretty good? No, it's pretty good. Who ain't mice? You know. See, and I don't know what it's Portuguese slang, Brazilian slang. I don't know. We're still communicating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nadia, thanks for the time. Good luck tonight against Oregon State. Thank you. Boa sorte. Good luck. It's 9 p.m. Eastern live on BYU TV. (laughs) Let's have her sign the flag. We will have you sign our flag. Yeah, yes. Get the silver pen. Sign our Rise Up flag. Nadia Gomes in Studio B. Up next, the Cougar Whip Around gets you caught up on everything else going on across BYU Sports Station. Vamos la, Nadia! BYU Sports Nation, presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. What should we do right now, Jerem? Live with it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU and that team up north will play football to open the 2019 and 2020 seasons. The contract is signed, sealed, delivered. That means the two will meet five years in a row from 2016 to 2020. Soccer. Eighth-ranked BYU hosts Oregon State tonight. The Beavers have not lost. BYU trying to change that tonight. You can watch it live 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Cougars in the NFL. Daniel Sorensen and the Chiefs take on the Broncos tonight, 8.30 Eastern on CBS and NFL Network. Men's Volleyball. Team USA Volleyball improved to 7-0 after beating Iran in four sets in the World Cup in Japan this morning. Taylor Sander 
BYU represent 12 kills and an ace. The U.S. plays Poland on Monday. Baseball. Jacob Brugman, listen to this. He's hit a home run in each of the last four games in the playoffs for the Midland Rockhounds, who are up 2-0 in the Texas League Championship Series. Men's basketball. CBS Sports came up with the United States of Basketball. Sounds amazing. Named the best college program in each of the 50 states across the nation. BYU listed in the state of Utah. Tennis. State champs. The women's team is hosting the BYU Invitational today through Saturday. Golf. BYU men's golf finished 14th at the St. Mary's Classic. Patrick Fishburne led the Cougars with a 24th place individual finish at 6 over. True story. I remember Patrick Fishburne when he was like 7 years old at the Ogden Golf and Country Club because I used to work there. Now he's playing for BYU men's golf. Oh, yeah. nice. Yep. Getting, getting uh, some scully scratch. He's a good player. He hits the ball like 400 yards. I'm not kidding. He hits the ball like 400 yards. Wow. Future guests include UCLA radio analyst Matt Stevens back on the show. He joined us in the summer. Well, now it's game week. We'll see if his opinion on the Bruins or the Cougars has changed at all. Also, it is a Brian Logan takeover tomorrow because I will be in California. California. The California. The Californians. Yeah, we'll try and get you on the show maybe tomorrow, too. Yeah, okay. Depends when you land. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. And it goes to a man we just mentioned, Jacob Brugman. Anytime you hit four straight home runs in four games, yeah, you deserve the Rise and Shout. It's doing work, man. He might be AAA next year. Hopefully he gets a shot. Standout in AA right now, number 21 prospect That's in the Oakland A's organization. That is elite. Our Twitter question today, what is your reaction to BYU being a 16.5-point underdog to UCLA? Let's go to the Twitter machine. you got tweets. At Eoveni Sanchez, the bigger the spread, the bigger the chip on their shoulders. Locker another, room material, man. Another unintentional gambling pun with chip, by the way. <laughs> Our elite tweet of the day from at D Young, 1993. Luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. They made the plays. They were in position to make the plays. Thanks to Stuart Mandel, Nadia Gomes, and everyone on our crew. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag BYUSN. I'm going to say Gomes. I, just, I have to say you Gomes. You can call her Nadia. That's true. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Todd Shell. We're back to work tomorrow.